0: Uh, My name is Mike, so I'm an alcoholic. I want to thank the committee for their hospitality and uh, uh, letting me come up here because I, almost 27 years ago, I wasn't allowed anywhere. They were wanting to get rid of me, so I'm always appreciative of that. Um, Get started here. Everybody's been talking about my friend Don all weekend, so I guess I should contribute something. And, uh, you know, he's the leader or the prophet of Cleveland. And, uh, uh, I want to tell you, if you don't know, Don's Italian. And so was Mussolini. (laughs) You know what they did to Mussolini? So you always got to watch those prophets and leaders. And I don't want to be one. And, uh, uh, (laughs) and uh, uh, but no, he's not really, he always acts real tough, but he's got a heart of gold on him. He's like a little teddy bear. I love him to death. Um. He always gets on me. I did this just for him this morning. I put this sports jacket. I won't wear a damn tie. I went to parochial School, and I had to. If you didn't have one, you had to rent one every morning. So I, I said to myself, my sponsor stayed so with a jogging suit, so I thought I could at least walk around with a shirt and a pair of pants on, I'm not naked, damn it. And um, I, uh, so I, uh, uh, so I put this on just for you this morning. And uh, uh, but. Um, I, uh, Because I was just taught to to get comfortable. That's all I know. If you don't get comfortable, I'll get a bottle. I don't know about you, but I love whiskey. I love everything about it, and I still do. I still know what it's like. The other thing is, you give me something better than that. But I still know what, if the hounds of fate, if this thing ever quit working, I could always go back to booze. (laughs) And uh, I always want to see that in my life. I don't want to block it out of my mind. Because I, w- I want to be able to see that if I stop doing what God has given me, just like, uh, I think it was Beverly or John, somebody said, um, uh, if I stop uh, doing that and seeing that, I will guarantee you I'll go back to it. And so uh, I always want to know that what I am. I always want to stay green, as Eddie Bauer used to say in Cincinnati. And uh, I don't ever want to get uh, complacent and become a, a, a damn prophet on this ma- sitting up at this podium. And, uh, I know all because you're going to hear about an imperfect person and it still is and that's why I'm here. I failed at Catholicism. Not, not morally, but because my illness requires me to fail from it. And, uh, my sisters and brothers, they still do it and it works for them great. My illness said, no, uh, you have a spiritual illness and you're going to drink God instead of pray, pray to Him. And I just found liquid God. That damn church didn't work. I, um, Came from a little town in Slatonia, south of Covington, right when you cross the border into Kentucky. I'm not that far south. And uh, yes, John, I drank moonshine. If I drank every damn thing else I had, too. I don't care. I'm not a, I'm not a picky drinker. I don't really care uh, if it's wine, if it's bourbon. I really love vodka at the end. That really, basically your main line, and you don't want to mess around with it no more. Drank five years. I've never had a legal drink of alcohol. Came to AA January 27, 1975. I um, didn't even know the steps were in the big book. Couldn't read the big book. So I don't know about all that. Uh, I uh, I was just, I just sat down and, and gyrated.
1: <laughs>
0: and uh, my 21st birthday, they were all laughing. I was so damn mad. I was sitting at Oak Street. And uh, I'm sitting there and it's time to go like normal kids. It's legal age to drink in Kentucky. Well, that's not really true. They serve you in bars. 30 years ago, they served you in bars when you're 15 years old in Kentucky. They really didn't care. And I could never make it today with the DUIs because, hell, uh, the, 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 the taxation they're putting on that, you know, they really don't care about uh, uh, somebody's safety. I've never seen anybody uh, people are self-centered are making a hell of a lot of revenue off of it. And um, uh, that's what they care about, and so are attorneys and everybody else. And so, uh, uh, but they, they did care then. They took me home. There was a lot of good cops. There was a lot of good people in my life. My, my whole life, before I came to you people, was a bunch of tr- people trying to help me. And I come from this little town. I just want to tell you, the person I dumped the booze into, I was uh, the book talks about being maladjusted to life. And uh, uh, I sure as hell was. And um, I uh, grew up in this little town. And, uh, you know, when, like I always like to use this one, this kind of mind I dumped the booze into. I, I wanted to be anybody but me. When you go through the list in the, in, in the big book where it's going over all the resentments and who it affects, it, the top of the list should be Mike Drees, long before I ever picked up a drink. The Catholic Church didn't give me that. I blamed that for quite a while until I hung around here long enough, and, I'm, and I, you can start to focus that to get sober. I realized, hey, my sister went to the same grade school and church I did, too. She don't have that problem. Uh, my brother that's not an alcoholic, there's only one boy on three of us at not but my brother, uh, he doesn't have that problem. He uses his religion and it works well for him. So obviously it couldn't be the Catholic Church. It must have been my, R.B. Cameron used to always say, and I love it to this, I was born with my ears turned around backwards, being an alcoholic. <laughs> I heard what Mike wanted to hear. And I was not bashful and shy, I was an arrogant SOB, kid. It doesn't matter if you're poor, if you come from a rich family, you're still if you're an alcoholic and you're like me, you're arrogant. Because I was raised dirt poor. My father um, uh, died, uh, left my mother with seven children in 1956, and I was two years old. And uh, we lived on Social Security, and that's dirt poor in 1956. If anybody knows what Social Security paid. And uh, had a great upbringing. I have no, uh, I had a loving mother, knew what love was. Now, the difference between love and Italian families, you know how they want to hug and kiss and say, I love you. Germans don't do that. They get a fly swatter or, or a clothes hanger. <laughs> they get a clothes hanger. This is how they say "I love you." Bam, bam. I love you. And uh, if you got in trouble at school, because she wanted, you, she was preparing me for life later on when people say no. See, and so she was loving me that way. And uh, and uh, she stood little German. She stood this high, meanest little thing that you could ever see. Love God. We one of the best Catholics I ever seen. So we went to novenas, and if church and religion should straighten you out, you'd have a different speaker. We went to eight o'clock mass every morning, and we went to school, and then we had religion classes too. And then um, uh, Friday night, mom would haul us up to novena. I think the only break we ever got was Saturday because they didn't have mass on Saturday night. Then maybe a wedding. That was it. Sunday morning, you know, went to church again. So you ought to have a different speaker. For moral upbringing, I had it. I had love. And, uh, but the thing was, like I said, I was born with this illness. I, uh, I have an allergy to alcohol. Why I'm here to speak this morning. And uh, I didn't know I had an allergy. That's the problem about being an alcoholic is not knowing that you got the allergy. And uh, they talk about it in the big book. It's, 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 it's called an obsession. And it's an idea that supersedes any other idea. And that's what I got. And after I come, I hope when you come to AA that you get an obsession for AA. Because it's just as important here to have the obsession for AA as you do the obsession for drinking. And I'll guarantee you my whole life, now I couldn't have told you that while I was dodging these bullets and bayonets. And this this war against booze. That's all it was. I was trying to be normal, something I never was. And, uh, but, but, uh, so the book, that really helped me out. I didn't understand that for a long my, my sponsor, they, they passed that word around. Hell, you know, you go to groups, obsession. I didn't really realize the meaning of obsession till one day I got a dictionary out and looked up the meaning of it. I saw, boy, that is my whole life. That's my alcoholism. And um, I, uh, the kid I dumped this booze into, I was not a conventional child, and I'm not too many drunks, are. And, uh, but, you know how in school, I grew up, and it was a, a racehorse racetrack town. Every, and I, of course, when you're poor, there's no such thing as allowance. You're you taught so it doesn't really bother you. If you're poor, if you, and you take something away, if I had something poor, then it would bother me. But I didn't have, I didn't know what it was like to have a new bicycle. So how can you bother anything? Anything in my life's ever bothered you when I had it? You took it away from me. So if you don't have money, it's not going to affect you. But you hear drunks come in here and say that's why they're a drunk. And hell, how do you know? You never had, you never had success or any uh, monetary stuff. And so um, I, uh, I didn't know I was poor, actually. It didn't bother me. It didn't, really didn't bother me to be poor. We went to Jimmy Junk store. Uh, that's what my mother had to do to survive. We lived on a Sears credit card. My mom paid for the appliances for, to run a home. And it was uh, um, a Sears credit card. She paid the minimum payment, which was $10 a month. And that's how we lived. That's how we got our washing machines where wear when they broke down. And my uncle couldn't fix them or what have you. Never seen her with a man her whole life. She dedicated her whole life to her children. Now, any norm- my brother did this. He dedicated his whole life to her. But see, he's not an alcoholic. The other three of us destroyed her whole life. And then we come to AA and we want to talk about how people affect us. That is pathetic. I could, I, uh, I, I, I could spend a lifetime and never pay back what I've done to other people. I was a, an animal. All we are as a sick human being, just trying—we're just grabbing and ripping out everything we can get. We're, we're just ripping everything out out of everybody's lives. And I had a lot of well-meaning people, and I have—I've uh, had so many opportunities. Uh, like I said, being poor, my uncle was a priest, and I ended up uh, uh, got—he got me into the church, into a real nice high school, an all-boys high school, and uh, uh, passed the entrance test. And I played football. I could have had a. a I wasn't an alcoholic. I had every opportunity in the world, but I have this illness, and and I used to regret all that. But you, won't, I won't regret that today. And uh, I uh, uh, that I blew these opportunities. That's all a drunk does: sit around for years and they just get over the remorse of uh, what they could have been. And I don't want to be that no more. I want to be with you. I don't want that no more. And uh, I uh, come from this little town, and uh, like I said, my paper route, of course you got to learn how to work young when you're poor. And uh, uh, so I had not one paper. I, of course, was drunk. I've got two paper routes, the the, the business section, and I had a regular route uh, residential. And I, uh, uh, with that, I had uh, uh, grass-cutting jobs. I was making a lot of money, but I wasn't saving. Of course, I'm, I'm not drinking, but I'm just as drunk as I am when I'm drinking. See, I'm buying Cokes and potato chips from my buddies because I don't like myself. I just told you I hate myself. That doesn't change because you're sober. And uh, uh, so you buy, you buy on your friends. Because I just want, I, like I said earlier, I want to be anybody but me. I was always comparing with this guy, you know. Uh, as a kid, I was uh, uh, chubby. They were right. I grew up. They said, you're a big bone. You're going to grow up. I became uh, thin. But, you know, did I believe them? No, I wanted to be a thin guy then. Not. I'm not very patient. I want it now. I want instant gratification. And, um so I went on in, uh, uh, around this joint and on, on this route they used to give you beer in those days too so, like I said it was a German settlement and you know, that was Don's people drink uh, wine my people drink beer we went to my grandmother's every Sunday night religiously alcohol is not frowned upon alcoholic drinking is frowned upon in my family and um, uh, be responsible those words I have no clue what they mean and and uh, responsible drinking who in the hell wants to be a responsible drinker i, I work with a guy he told me the other night this guy gave him some homemade wine for new year's or something he said i took two drinks out of it and i dumped it down the drain in my stomach that's why i told you i still know i'm an alcoholic because my stomach but how can you throw that stuff out i had to give it to some drunk on the street i wouldn't throw it to me it's still a sacrilege to dump that stuff down the drain i i can't rationalize it and uh i uh uh went on and uh uh this guy was the bookmaker Had chalkboards the bookmaker and uh he wore a hat pinstripe suit sharp and stoney was my man that's what they called him (laughs) stoney he booked numbers all day long and and i had guys in line waiting for him to take bets and he had assistants that ran around and did his work for him too and uh but, you know, like when the teacher asked me in school, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you know how the kid raises their hand. I want to be a lawyer. In my neighborhood, you're not going to be a lawyer. Then they didn't have loans. Then you had to work to, to go to college and, or get a uh, athletic scholarship or a scholastic scholarship. And I want to be a lawyer. And I, I want to be a policeman. I was horrified at cops. I never did like them. And uh, I, uh, cause I was always sneaking, hiding from them, throwing watermelons, you know, off of them. On buses and cars, you know, we rob the local produce man, go down the trussle and throw them over the cars. Watch them bounce off of buses. And uh, we were Boy Scouts. I was coming home from a Boy Scout meeting, of course. <laughs> yes. And uh, I, uh, so, you know, I didn't want to be that and all this. And I'm running through my mind. You know what I think. No, man, I want to be Stony. He's got it together. So that's the guy I'm dumping the booze into and so I was a radical from the very beginning. I, I, uh, I, I liked uh, the seedier things in life. And uh, I, uh, like it says in the book, I couldn't mix. And uh, I knew it wasn't right. But I tried. That's what my lead's about. I tried. Like I said, I went to this. I labored in this football. I just wanted to be normal. They'll never take it away from me. I, just, I, I thought if I could, it was always if I could just get the right girl, and that doesn't stop when you're drinking. If I could just get the right job, if I could just get this right situation. It's the same. I mean, when you come in, hey, if I could just understand the big book the right way, this is an experience. This isn't an event. And uh, didn't tell don't tell me the big book where I can do anything about my life. It talks about God doing something in my life. It talks about me being prepared to have Him do something. Talk about my grease working on nothing, but the inventory. And that's dumping uh, uh, getting right now. But other than that, it's basically. Let's get in the position and let's, let's, let's have fun. Let's grow. Let's learn. And um, I, uh, my uh, drinking was uh, weekend drinking. And, uh, it was great and I prayed to this God. Uh, this God, I, I prayed to Him all the time. I uh, wanted to talk to this girl. I couldn't talk to girls. I was fumbled. My mouth all up. And I'd just sputter and spit. And uh, just walk away in embarrassment. Cause I, but I could carry on a, I couldn't understand because I could carry on a conversation with my sister or, and my neighbor girl. I was playing kickball with or whatever, but I couldn't do it to this girl that I liked, And uh, so I knew what I'd do. I, an alcoholic never forgets what it does for him from the very beginning. And it happened somewhere where I, God only knows when it turned that magic wand into a solution. And uh, so I was going to meet this girl, but my problem is this. Got the local wino to get me a pint of wine. Met him in the alley. I was just going to walk to the football game. You could walk all the way to the tracks, all the way to the game. Or hop a train, however I was my means of transportation. And uh, got down to the problem with it is, I, 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 I instead of drinking a couple drinks, which normal people do, and it works for them very well every day of their lives. Like this guy that dumped it out. He didn't even like He dumped it down the drain. I'm an alcoholic I overdrink, and by the time I got to the football game I was now wetting my pants I'm, I'm only 14 years old or so half pint of booze for a 14 year old kid is a lot of booze and it was old Mr. Boston Slow Gin because I remember my mom beating me that night when the juvenile officers took me home and blood coming out of my throwing up in the tub but see I wanted to talk to that girl so booze never did work you know when I came to A I wasn't going to surrender myself to you people until I, I, I made sure this damn thing worked. I'm not a rum dumb. I'm not going to give up my best friend, I thought. But it never was my best friend. Because I'm going to tell you, I was—I drank it primarily so I could just uh, uh, function to th- with this girl be able to com- converse with her. Well, like I said, I overdrank, And when I got there, I either was puked all over myself or puked on her or what have you. But it, it never did work from that night until my last night, booze was never my friend. It never was a solution. It was a problem causer. And uh, I, uh, uh, Don talks about, uh, uh, I basically, I, I smoked uh, through this football career away. I didn't throw it away. Alcoholism was just another step in the disease, saying this is another part of your life. You are going to do this. You're going to quit something that you like. You're going to throw your opportunity for the future away. I didn't make that decision. I can tell you that this morning. I did not make that decision. I walked in there. What I did was I was a big football jock. I became a letterman. I became real good, of course, an alcoholic. You give the challenge. Wouldn't we'll, we'll, we'll I drink for 20 years to get what we want, to prove we're not an alcoholic? And I did it, and I became good. And uh, what I did was I went in and um, had this girl at the basketball game. Got was stumble tongued again so I thought the hell with this let's go back to old reliable and for these three years I didn't uh... uh drink much when I, I knew I couldn't play football and drink something there was telling me I had this goal to make and uh... sure enough I uh... went on and um... said to hell with it I'm starting to drink I became a hippie instantly overnight it is amazing how this disease progresses just overnight never smoked pot never seen pot I sniffed a little glue when I was a kid airplane glue and uh... Never did the gas tanks, but uh, uh, Ditzler 101, the paint thinner for auto body guys. You put, it in a, put it in a rag and a bag, rainbow bread bag and hit it. And uh, that's when you don't have any money for beer and you get down on the golf course, them stars, you know. Fly. I just want to get out of this world because I told you earlier, I hate myself. I just, I don't nobody, I don't want to be me. And booze got, got me away. That's why it becomes delusional for me. It gets me away. I can believe a set of facts that are totally a lie, but I can justify it. Somehow I'm going to make it look right. And that's what my whole life is based on, trying to make an illness look right. And uh, knowing all along that it wasn't. But uh, so I uh, started drinking, and I uh, got introduced to things called LSD, MDA. They call it ecstasy, uh, it, ecstasy now. They told me that stuff. We had that back in the 70s, man. I got fry. You can drink on that stuff, too. If anybody's going to go back out, try it. It won't hurt you. Uh, uh, I did for years. I washed, I washed uh, MDA down with whiskey and whatever the hell, beer, wine, whatever we had. And I'm still here. Now, you may die, but what? that's all part of the game. I, uh... Uh... If you're not supposed to die, I know this. After 27 years, you're not going to die. You can jump out of an airplane, and God's not going to let you die. I've seen people worry about death, and here you don't have to do that no more. Eventually, and hey, you don't care when you're going to die. You're no longer in the business of worrying about your life, and uh, so it doesn't matter whenever God's done me. So I don't. I take it at a different tone than other people. I guess I don't have the fear of. It. Um, I, uh, I. So I uh, went on and um, uh, was going to drink. I. I Typical alcoholic, like I said, MD. I basically did LSD. I'm not a drug addict at all. I, uh, I had to make. See, the right girl was going to be at that party, and by now, you know, it didn't take me long. Like I said, you know, I, you know, Hendrix and Woodstock and Janis Joplin and Jim Morrison, and I'm I'm a hippie, a full-fledged hippie. Now my hair's down to here. My teeth, I'm not brushing my teeth anymore. That goes along with being an alcoholic. You don't bathe much. Your teeth start to get rotten, cavities and stuff. You're like me, and. uh I got to, uh, I'm going to, uh, basically, I, I started to um, uh, do this, these drugs, basically, because I, I had to get to this, uh, I, I was drinking too early. It was Saturday morning, see, and, I, and where I used to, I was losing, like the Chinese say, the man takes a drink, the drink takes a drink, and the drink takes the man. I have no, I'm losing my choice here now, see. I never did have a choice, but I, you hear that in AA, and I never did have a choice. It tells me that right in the doctor's opinion. This man did not choose. Anybody ever tells you in here that you, you chose to drink? You can open a big book for you and show you it's just not true. We drank to overcome a craving beyond our mental control. I did not ever choose to drink. And I don't think I ever cho- chose to get sober. I believe that's the grace of God. And I'll maybe talk about that later, but don't forget about it. And, um, <laughs> but um, I, uh, you know how you get up here and you say, oh, damn, I forgot to go back to that. And uh I so I lied to you, I'll just tell you the truth now. And uh I uh but I uh uh basically I, the, the right girl was gonna be there. Now, of course now you can see how grubby I look. You know, I got my belt my bell bottoms and you had to get your mother to sew that material in between. Anybody comes out of my and you you were cool, you know, and uh and uh stunk and you know, just you know, probably puked all over yourself. But I got to meet the right girl, and I started too early on Saturday, and it was a daily thing. Eventually, turns into, and um, I, uh, I I overdrink like I told you what, from the very beginning to now, and that's n- nothing normal. Me and Marty started off in Mom's house, putting cigarette butts out in the carpet. Of course, this is my mother; she would give me her whole life, uh, dedicated her whole life to her children. But this is the deal, and uh, uh, by then, and I'm I'm just crude. But she's going to be there tonight, or the right person, just the right mix is going to be there, and I got to get to that party. And um, so I start drinking, and of course I'm drunk by noon. I'm already went up, got the beer. Now I'm back up, got whiskey. I've been smoking this reefer. And so what? Hell, how can you stay? You got to make it to the party, so you start doing acid. <laughs> hell, I didn't do it for the acid. High, I never did like it. It was a bum high. I never drank Coca Cola and did LSD in my life. It was too bummy. All that shit melting and stuff. Uh-uh, I want that speed. And booze always knocked that. It, it kind of uh, took the edge off the high, you know. It it Have all that freaky stuff with it. It was a speed high. And, uh, and so I and I washed it down with bourbon and vodka, man. Hell, I'm a fifth drinker. I don't mess around with it. I, I only drank five years, man. But always, I was telling John before the meeting, it was like doing hash. You know, you used to get an ounce of pot. There was a damn big bag. Well, they don't have it that big anymore. A big Colombian pale bags for twenty dollars. You younger ones, it was good. Too. <laughs> bud, <laughs> bud, hanging in it like this. And what I did was, as uh, my uh, drinking career uh, as, as, as chronic alcoholic was like hash. You know, you get a little, you get some uh, uh, black hash out of Germany back then, and, and it was be a cube about like that. So all that pot was in it. That was my drunk-along. It's, it's that little and so that. Uh, well, a 20-year term, you know, the big, uh, it was all condensed real quick. And um, still got the same impact. And, uh, and better, actually, Hash was better. And uh, I, uh, but uh, I would just do anything you had. I, I, I'm on, uh, by now, uh, I'd say about well, last year of my drinking. I'm in and out of jobs. You know the story. By now, I'm coming home. I'm just crude. My, and, and, and we do affect the people we live with. And we have to deal with that over the years in sobriety. That does. Uh, my sister was innocent. My mother may have had an alcoholic father. But my sister had no alcoholic father. She didn't know her father and her mother wasn't. So her brothers got her sick. And uh, now their illness got her sick. Now personally me. But my illness got her sick. And she had to live with our ass. My mom hauling going across town to get my brother. Trying to get me out of jail and all this other stuff. You know the story we got. And... Um, so, uh, uh, she, uh, uh, basically I, I was trying to drink myself to death and I was just in and out of jobs, you know, typical alcoholic, uh, story in and out of jobs, uh, going here, going there and, uh, uh, never letting nobody know about your past. Of course, a drunk can't let you know that, you know, you, we always start anew, like I said, it's going to be different this time. And, and a few, after I got warmed up in the place, I started drinking, partying the way I wanted to party. And next thing you know, I'm missing work and tearing stuff up and everything else. And um, so uh, I'm basically trying to drink myself to death, and I'm this hippie. You know, I'm not a hippie. I mean, uh, uh, I'm a rob, I'm a thief, and I'm not a, good- a drunks aren't of good thieves. And um, I come to your house at a party. If you would invite me in, if you went, I, you know, if, if you went to get some beer or went across town to get some dope, I'm going to try to take your wife if I can, you know, and or uh, I'm going to get in your medicine cabinet and I'm going to find out and steal your jewelry. That's the kind of friend I am when I drink. And, uh, and so obviously people don't want to have anything to do with you. So that's why you become alone. Nobody wants to be around you. And, uh, and I think the thing is, is, is you, eventually for me, I stopped trying. I stopped trying to be normal. I stopped trying to beat this disease. And I just, you, you give in to it. You finally say, no, tomorrow's not going to be different. And the right girl's not going to be there. And uh, it's going to be the same or worse. Usually it's going to be worse because now it is getting worse. The cops are getting you every time you pick up a drink. It seems like you're going to jail. And uh, uh, here, here, I'll never, uh, here I am robbing a, a country club one night. We were drunk. I'll never forget this. We were robbing this country club and we're drunk. And uh, my idea, of course, now you got to live with that. I wanted to break into this other place. That's how I always justified, try to remove some of the guilt out of it. And they wanted to go to this place, I said they got sign there. I said, Man, them cops will be all over us. And so I stood outside, I said, I won't go in. Well, we broke in and like I said, drunks aren't thieves. They're usually sober when they rob. We're stone drunk. We've been drinking all night. We ran out of booze. We're not we didn't want money. We just wanted booze. And uh they're coming out and I'm throwing rocks at the window. I see the cops come down like hornets on this place. And uh I'm running, and all of a sudden I hear this 357. It blew my buddy away and uh, run from the law. And uh, so they were getting a little tougher. Years ago, you used to laugh at the cops. So they couldn't catch you. That was tough. Now that was a little bit serious, he shot and killed him, 17 years old. Just another thing, I think that's kind of when I really went, I gave up on, on trying any change in my life. I, I, I conceded to the fact, my innermost self, that I was alcoholic. Didn't know I was doing that, but I think that's why I just said, well, now I want to die. I don't want to live in I went. I never forget, I went to his funeral, and I walked in, and, I, and I, went, I looked at him, and I went outside and puked. And you know what you do when you're a drunk? You go get another drink. That's what we do. And uh, I think I was 18 years old, 18 or 19 years old. And the next couple of years was just nothing but uh, living hell for everybody. Not me as much, because I was drunk. You know, we always talk about how it's living hell for us. Hell, we're loaded, man. It don't bother us too much Just why we're, until we get another drink. And the booze stops working, and you start drinking yourself sober. You don't know if it's going to take one beer to be on your ass, or if you're going to drink all day, and something you go into blackouts, and it's just a. And my mother came down with leukemia, and the only reason why I wasn't on skid row is because uh, I'm at mama's. I live with some girls on welfare, of course, and they throw me out. They finally get tired of it. Hell, and uh, uh, she, I go back to mama and get cleaned up. You know, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. You know, all the time I was always saying. And, it's going to, and so even, even in between there, when I was giving up, I still had some, uh, I had to survive, I guess is what I'm saying. So I got, uh, uh, mom came down with leukemia, and at this time of my life, I no longer, I was no longer a human being. This is a woman who gave her a whole life for me, uh, is dying of leukemia, and, I, and we're totally self-centered. All a drunk thinks about is their self. That's the requirement of this illness. It has nothing to do with us personally. The disease requires us, and uh... there's why I always say personally because drunks personalize an illness. I did for years. That's why I had to self-hate, and uh, I uh, went on and uh, Marty had come to A. Heard Clancy down in Louisville, and uh, had these tapes playing around. I can't remember. I think uh, Eddie Edwards was talking then too he was on one of the tapes, and uh, I uh, he bought this tape back and. Just like I, I uh, it's always amazing uh, uh, God's mysterious work. Is that uh, I was listening to him play the tape and, and uh, Mom, all this pieces together. I think she gave her life again. She sacrificed her whole life uh, for her children. Because I don't think I'd have got sober if she wouldn't have came down with this leukemia. Because I could have, Mama could have kept bailing me out. Somebody would have shot me. Hell, I've been stabbed. That don't bo- that, that kind of stuff don't bother alcoholics like me. You want somebody to kill you? You no- nobody hates you like I hated me. Every morning I got up, I wanted somebody to put me out of the way because I didn't want to say that stuff to my mother. I didn't even want to get out there no more. And so you go into a knife and gun club bar and you don't care if they blow you away. And they won't do it when you want to die. That's the hell they should stay. Alcoholic existence is horrible. We live in hell. But you can't die. Nobody will kill you. They befriend you. They buy you a drink. Say, I understand. And, uh, so, uh, there's nobody hated me like I hated me. And, uh, So uh, Marty had... uh, and I did my first third step prayer, stone cold drunk. I I never was agnostic. I was too ashamed of what I'd become from the God I grew up with. And I was just too ashamed of what it was. And uh, what I did was I uh, cut a deal with him, an arrogant deal. I said, you do something with her and I'll do something with my life. Now all this is Marty. I already heard that tape and stuff. So all this is part of the the whole uh, scheme of things. And uh, so what happened was... um, uh, uh, God, uh, she went through remission with this leukemia and everything else, and one day I come as clear as mind as I am today, and God comes through. So that's why uh, when I stand here this morning, I'm going to tell you that I have done nothing about my sobriety but show up. And uh, I hear people, I, uh, I used to say I did everything wrong. No, it was all part of my package. Uh, no matter how far down the scale you have gone, you will see how your experience can benefit others. I can't apologize for anything I've ever done in my life because it was all what I am today, and um, I'm a product of God. seemed He wanted to use me at this. You know, like I always say some people are football coaches. I'm an alcoholic and a drunk. That's my cup. That's my forte. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I uh, uh, basically I came as clear as mind, and then thank God they didn't tell me I had to wait, and they didn't tell me I was too young to be an alcoholic. And obviously, I looked like an alcoholic. I was 20, but I was in bad shape. And uh, I smoked reefer. Of course, you take this program in a gingerly approach. You don't want to get in here too quick. And
1: uh,
0: thanks, huh? Um In a gingerly approach, you know, you don't want to get too big a hurry. So um, that's what I did. I um, um just from being physically sober, I think that kept me sober for a couple. I don't, have, I, don't ask me about time because they have no conception of it right then. My brain was fried. Just a ball of nerves and detoxing. Here's why I know my sobriety dates because my sponsor, I got it in my drawer at home. Uh, uh, Don, give me a, a lighter. It's got January 27, 19. I had no clue. I didn't even think I was going to stay here. I was just sitting here. That's why uh, we are a program of promotion. <laughs> That's only at the public level is attraction. Our staying alive policy is about putting arms around drunks and saying, I understand what's going on. And so I do, we do promote. I'm going to turn my head to the wall and watch a drunk die, as Joe Leith used to say. This is about getting off. You know how we meditate around here? We don't get in fetal positions. Mike Grease gets in fetal positions. You know what he does? I've got pistols in my drawer. I've got rifles hanging on anybody in my house. I've got rifles hanging on my wall. I've got shotguns, anything I want. I start contemplating them. I contemplate sticking pistols when Mike gets alone too long with himself. Our, our meditation is this is what my sponsor taught me. Never, I don't think i ever said, I think it was, uh, say this for anybody, but I'll tell you what my sponsor told me. There's a drunk over there, Mike. Stand at the door and start shaking hands. It's all about action. Because it doesn't matter if you comprehend it. It has nothing to do with it. we got to get... Uh, what is it? You can't act yourself in the proper thinking, or you, you can't think yourself in the proper uh, action, but you can act yourself in the proper thinking. And that's how I lived my sobriety. Hell, I was too damn sick to know what was wrong with But i get over there and talk to a drunk, and uh, little by little, I started to, to identify. And, um, I, uh, like I said, it came to a to get... I, uh, went on and, uh, uh, Couple weeks over, I threw the pot down, and of course, then I need you people. Then I become we. <laughs> and that's what it's all about. And if you're new, the step doesn't say you have to do it. There's nowhere in this program it says you have to do anything alone here. You just jumped on a ship when you walked in this program full of a bunch of people that are just like you, and it's a hell of a ride. And on this ship, there's some badass storms. There's some real bad storms sometimes. Uh but I'm I'm not I'm, I'm not running the sale by myself. I got a lot of people, you know, to, uh, and to stay in action and and uh, to go to meetings and work with others, and uh, so you don't have to be alone anymore. And I, uh, uh, but but I got in and they got me involved in AA, and I was gyrating. It took me probably six months to sober up. I mean I mean I remember thinking I wet the bed from the sweat that come off of me. At twenty I'm talking well twenty one probably by then. And uh, because I turned 21 in March, and I, um, uh, they got me involved, and they didn't let me think. And they didn't tell me I was too young. They got me involved in PICs. I was young then. And uh, they just had me going all over, and I thank God for it. And what I really thank God for is that I was so drunk and sick that I uh, drank myself stupid. Because I drank myself stupid. Like I said, I... They told me to read the big book, and I couldn't even, I'd read that book and I'd throw it down because I couldn't even comprehend the paragraph i just read. I just could not function. And uh, thank God they didn't tell me I had to do all this stuff and that. That's right, we talked about this last night. Uh, The inventory is very important. Man, it's just like doing an enema. You know, when you're compacted. Well, they don't use that anymore. They use all this stuff. My mom used enemas. And, um, and man, it's just relief.
1: <laughs>
0: and um, I, uh, uh, I, uh, I couldn't wait to do this thing. Now I didn't do it the way the big book said at all. I told you, I didn't even know the steps were in there. I couldn't even even understand that. But don't wait that long. Like I said, I already done my third step prayer, and uh, I, I was ready when I walked in the door, and I was w- w- well overdue. Because see, all this stuff on that inventory was what this stuff happened. I did Stone Cold Silver, man. I wasn't drinking. This was stuff I've been carrying around since I've been eight years, ten years old. Some of the stuff I did, and you know, as you do, and I just dumped this load. It took one night, and I knew I, I set up a point with Bob, and I was horrified, and I thought he said he, he was going to tell me, "Get out of here, you 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 ignorant, you, know, you filthy." S O B. You know, what, what, what you done and what you thought. And he, and he told me, he said, you give me some. I hope you get a sponsor you can do this to, because Bob did become God to me. I hope you find one that you can. I could care less what anybody else in this room said, but I was concerned about what Bob said. And uh, because you'll have a lot of people. You ask 20 people, you're going to get 20 different opinions if you here. And um, I, uh, so I uh, did this inventory, and I said, Bob, I don't trust myself. I've lied so long. And I was telling the truth. And when I went in to do this inventory, you know, you think, I don't know about you, but I, I couldn't perform. I didn't want women by the time I got to and I'm 20 years old now. It's the fit of your life, and um, <laughs> booze does wonderful things to the body. And, uh, uh, and I'll never forget, I thought, well, I must be, maybe I'm a, a, a latent homosexual. Of course, you're going to blame whiskey. You, you, know, you, don't, you don't drive, maybe if you, you don't stop drinking. And so I had to put that down. I was going to put everything down on this inventory. Maybe I'm gay or what have you. No no offense to about gay. I knows that I wouldn't be here tonight or today if, uh, if, if it wasn't for gay people. So you won't hear that come out of Mike's mouth. And uh, I, uh, I would not be here if that, no doubt. And uh, I um, went on and uh, uh, I, I, told, I told Bob all this stuff. And, and I, he gave me some others, And he said, now you go out. But I'll never forget the relief. I cast everything in the, in the pot. And he'd give me some understanding answer. And I, didn't, I don't know if I felt instant relief. But I did go out and he says, now you just have fun and work with others. And I said, Bob, you promised me that you will uh, tell me if I'm going off key. And he said, I will. And I went out and lived my life. And I've been doing it for 27 years almost. And, and uh, just living my life. And I used to say I was making mistakes. No, it's not. I've just been learning. Like I said, I'm on this, this journey, and the journey, I guess, ends when you die. But I know one thing, it's one hell of a journey. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I wouldn't want to be, you know, I wouldn't want to be, you know how I told you earlier that I want to be anybody but me? And uh, I'll tell you this morning, I don't want to be anybody but me. That's what I, you know. And uh, uh, where it talks, and whether uh I I just showed up, and I've I've done institution work, and I've uh, uh, basically, uh, uh, I used to say I'd done everything wrong, but I just had a hell of an experience, and and all of a sudden, uh, things started to make sense to me. I thought, hey, I do belong here. I am part of the we, but it didn't happen overnight, and before I shut up, my mother did see me sober, and I was sober two years, and Bob, this is how sick I was at two years sober now, mind you. No I, wasn't, no, I wasn't two years sober. I was, I, cause she died when I was two years sober, so I don't know what it was. Here I am again, bad on time. But um, what I uh, did was, is Bob said, well, maybe you ought to go. She was a general hospital. She said, maybe you ought to go up and uh, make an amends to your mother. It never occurred to me that I'd hurt her. That's how self-centered we are. And I did it anyway. I'll never forget, she said, honey, you just keep doing what you're doing, and you made the best amends you could ever make to me. Now, one day before I die or when I, you know, I may get that. I'm not that nice today because if, you, and if you're new and this is the place that you you go up here and you pull your pants down and you show your ass. This is not the place to be cool. This is our staying alive place. And if people are judging in here, they're not going to be here. And uh, they're not going to be here very long. I'll guarantee you that. I've seen it. And uh, like I told you, I didn't do anything. Uh am I a wonderful guy? I can tell you about Joe Thibodeau. This is just one of probably a thousand. I talked to him on Tuesday night. There was nobody that wanted AA more than Joe. And John talked about this last night. There was nobody that wanted AA more than Joe. But you can't think it and you can't work it. You know, you can pray all you want in the middle of hell. And I'll guarantee you one thing, prayers don't work. I've done it. I've been there. When I've been going in total uh, depression, just feeling sorry for myself, I, I prayed to God and nothing happened. What do you do then? You go over and sit with a bunch of drunks at the clubhouse, because God's gonna maybe maybe don't want to answer your prayer right now. He ain't in the mood. It doesn't work instantly sometimes, so I better find a place when my my butt's falling off that I can go somewhere and just sit and hold out the storm, wait till the storm's over, and because uh, it doesn't work all the time, I know. And so I. Um, Uh, but Joe talked to me Tuesday night and I labor I labor a lot of people just sit there Um, because to me AA is not what I do or not it's like last night all of us sitting at the table maybe not agree with everything and it doesn't matter it's a bunch of drunks to me AA is before the meeting and after this is just we got to go through this uh, task and then uh, to me uh, AA is getting to the meeting early and talking to the drunks and after the meeting taking them home or talking to people at the meeting Going to out eat uh, dinner after the meeting, and uh, uh, but I uh, uh, Joe come up to me and uh, I said Joe I don't know what to tell you man I've done this many a time you're just bankrupt you know you've gone through everything trying and Joe just couldn't take our way of life so he there's nothing bad about that neither he got instant sobriety why labor in that kind of pain it was but and uh, Joe took a gun and uh, took himself out but Joe's at peace now. And so I'm, when, you, when I tell you that the obsession is AA is my whole life, and I'm going to shut up. AA is my whole life. It is. I know what I am. I could care less about my job. It tells me all this in the big book. I promise you it's in there. It talks about all that in your promises. Fear of financial insecurity will leave you. You don't care if your boss likes you. I am not anonymous at work, and I've had so much help because of it. I don't work with alcoholics because I'm an alcoholic. or They're an alcoholic. I work with them because I'm an alcoholic. I, need, I don't sponsor anybody. They sponsor me. I have never sponsored. I have always looked at it as you're helping me. And, because, and, uh, and part of this journey, join on the crowd. You know, and, uh, and I like staying sober better that way. It's just more fun. I don't have the control. I don't have the, all the, the gimmicks and everything else. And how I look so, so how, how Here I'm so sober today. I'm, I've got it all together. The winner and loser. Hell, we're, we're in this game and we're on the 50-yard line. There's no winners and losers here. You don't know how God's going to work. So if you say, oh, I don't like gays, or I don't like, uh, uh, I'm a conservative, so I don't like Democrats. I'm just, I'm cutting my life off in AA. I'm just putting up barriers, again, like I did when I was drinking. I'm unique. And I'm not unique. It's called we, all of us together. All of and, and and so, um, uh, because you, I'll guarantee you, if, if, if your journey's like mine. God has really blew me away with some of the, the where I got answers. Now I'm going to say a little you don't even know if people coming here getting high. We can even go to that extreme. I love drunks if they're drinking or sober. I'll tell you, Bill Kling and I'm going to shut up. I ain't drink. Shut your mouth. Bill Kling would smoke pot. Him and Joe. Uh, and I just talked to his son the other morning. He's one of the happiest guys you'd ever meet. So you never know how God's going to work. He's dead. Joe died, of course, of alcoholism. He was doing LSD at 60 years old. I mean, you know. And uh, Kling and Joe uh, broke this Oak Street crowd. And... um but uh, Kling was always high on reefer. You could tell. You could smell it on his clothes. But now I'm the wonderful, you know, the winners they call in AA. You know, they're all got it all together. How are you doing tonight? You know, and all this uh, looking down at people. And uh, uh, Kling come in all blowed out, and those old beat up cars outside to get me a coffee. AJ, and he get him a coffee. I loved him to death. That's when I knew I was getting well in AA. When I could start loving. Joe always least He said. If you can't love the losers, how in the hell is he going to become a winner? And uh, uh, so uh, Kling would walk in. And the phone rang. We didn't have, uh, and you had to go across town. They didn't have all these carry units in those days. And they got sober at the clubhouse. And the, you shook in the clubhouse with orange juice. And um, Kling would go across town. This is a man just as high on pot. And pick up that drunk for somebody else there to talk. Where the other one wouldn't oh, They had something else to do. I always think of things like that, and I think, who are you to judge, Drees? You don't have any reason, business to do that. Because it's the grace of God we're here. I want to thank you all for your attention, and thank you all.